Here we are once more for your floral listening pleasure, bringing you this episode 28 of our podcast. It's your very own Fabulous Flowers TV double act, me, Lucy Nolan, and over the airwaves from his London abode, my wonderful and dear, dear pal, the extremely flowery, always fragrant, most excellent and talented florist, Paulie Hawkins. Paulie, how are you today? I just love your intros, darling. I'm very, very well. Thank you. Very well indeed. And how are you, Miss Jetsetter, over there in, in East Sussex? Well, I know. Where have you been? <laughs> I have been, um, well, just a little surprise birthday treat from my very, very lovely hubby. He took us all to Dubai for a little sneaky week in the sun. And I have to say, it was literally one of the best weeks I've had since my honeymoon, actually, which oh was goodness. over 20 years ago now. And it was completely spoiling, incredibly competitively priced due to the current climate and mostly paid for wonderfully by his work, which he was doing over there. So we had a complete treat and we just laid in the sun, laid by the pool, did a bit of shopping, walked around in sort of 28 degrees in the evening and 30, mm. 35 degrees in the daytime. It was spoiling and fabulous and wonderful. So really, now, really you know, going off her, listeners. Really going off her. Now I'm going to ask you how your darling, week. You I'm going to ask you how how your week was in the oh, uh, in London. Me, I mean, I, I can't compete with that. And I, can I just say, Lucy, hardworking girl, you deserve it. Um, what a treat! What a treat! And and I really mm, don't like you. All is good here, you know. Sticking on with stuff, trying to get stuff ready for Christmas and um, it's very much I don't know what time of the day people are listening to this but we are recording it on an early Friday evening and I'm in the mood for going to the pub um, with my other half and I'm going to have a lovely Cosmopolitan our favourite drink <gasps> Lucy. So, are um, you? Mm. Yes 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 and as you know our lovely local pub is owned by the singer James Blunt glad you asked mm -hmm. and <laughs> that's my name nice. drop on there blowing a trumpet well done <laughs> anyway he's no he's charming and he's restored it and we're very lucky to have it there and so we're gonna go there for a bit of supper and a little bit of a cosmopolitan soiree and actually paulie i have very fond memories of a recent birthday when you took the place over and we had many lovely delicious drinks in there in james blunt's pub and it was a rather fantastic venue i seem to remember from what i can remember <laughs> mm, it's a bit of a blur but i've got some photographs Yes, that proves we were both there. That's nice. Oh, but on to flowery things, darling. On yes, I have to say, I am very much looking forward to empowering our floral listeners this week with your chosen subject, Paulie. And this is one, um, it's actually quite an interesting one for me because I didn't know much about it. Uh, and I didn't even realise I had it growing in my garden until you pointed it out. On exit one week, I can't remember, quite recently, you said, oh, look, and there is said flower. And I just went, oh. Um, so I'm quite excited to be sharing all we found out and, of course, hearing how you use it and work with it in your floristry creations. Yes, absolutely, Lucy. And this week we are focusing on a flowery shrub that covers pretty much all our delightful planet. It is the Hypericum. And I'm just going to repeat that for the, for the listeners. Hypericum, also known as St. John's Wort, spelt wart. Hmm. Yes. Um, so, yes. So, yes, I'm very much looking forward to this. And having done my research, it was more interesting than I realised. And now that I have some at my garden gate, I, in fact, 
popped a bit of it in a vase in my downstairs loo, not in the loo, obviously, in the vase in the loo, um, uh, with a last little pink rose that I found flapping around in the wind. So I popped that up on our Instagram today and um, it's had a few very positive comments. So that was my little bit of St. John's wort in its berry form with a few little pink roses. So if anybody wants to have a little look at that combo, head over to Fabulous Flowers TV on Instagram. I love that. I did actually see that. And it's such a pretty pink. It's, you know, some pinks are a bit bubblegummy and they're a little bit kind of a bit too kind of barbie. Brash. But this is a really good. Yeah, brash. But this is a really good pink. I think it might be Dorothy Perkins. Glad you asked. I think it is Dorothy Perkins. I think mm -hmm. you might be right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But anyway, it is the Hypericum. The Hypericum berry. It's a charming and slightly autumnal looking seasonal must have. And I absolutely love using it. The little clusters of smooth, shiny berries look so rustic and simple against kind of hot orange and jewel coloured blooms. And it's extremely easy to use. And the foliage, foliage has a kind of a rather lovely fresh green scent to it. It's slightly sweet and um, it adds texture and interest to all floral work. And um, it's extremely reliant and it's a hardy floral ingredient. And unlike most blooms, it doesn't really need to be in water all the time to look great. So it's ideal for a, for a supporting bloom in um, a buttonhole or a, a corsage or, or lovely in a floral circlet, you know, little bridesmaids wear. And it's great for accompanying pretty late summer blooms for that slightly kind of Titania and the fairies look. It's also super as a napkin decoration, too. So um, it's kind of a performer, but it's not really it's not like a great big, you know, jushy, big rosy thing. Um, but it's very easy to grow. It's available all year round as a cup flower and comes in a huge array of colours from burgundy, pillar box red, a kind of a peachy coral. Did I say peach? I think I did. Let's mm. call it coral. What yes, let's. <laughs> um, or a sort of lovely natural sort of verdant poppy green, as in poppy popping, not like poppy, like red poppy, pop, pop color pop um and white and then in a pretty soft pink so the warm colors are popular through autumn to christmas whereas the green and white varieties look gorgeous and fresh in spring and summer bridal work so i'm glad i'm pleased you've been tempted by them lucy mm, absolutely and it was you pointing them out that encouraged me and inspired me to just grab a bit today and use it and i have to say i'm very pleased with the little berry look that i've got going on with my pink roses i must be honest Absolutely. And, and they're quite architectural and um, they're just as important as all the big show off blooms like roses and peonies and stuff like that. But if you have a garden, do plant a Hypericum shrub. It's so brilliant for popping in a vase like Lucy's done and just just accompanies other flowers nicely and it'll definitely give your vase that kind of high end look. Hmm. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree with that, Paulie. Uh, so the Hypericum, I found out, is a genus of flowering plants in the family of the Hyperaceae. The Hyperaceae is a plant family comprising of between six and nine genera and up to 700 species. And they are, as you mentioned, Paulie, known as St. John's Wort or spelt St. John's Wort, W-R-T family. Hypericum has nearly worldwide distribution, missing only from tropical lowlands, deserts and polar regions. So it really is pretty much everywhere. Many Hypericum species are regarded as invasive species and noxious weeds. Oh, that's not very nice. Um, <laughs> all members of the genus may be referred to as St. John's Ward and also are sometimes known as goatweed. 
Didn't know Goat that. Goatweed. Mm. There's a new one. I'm loving all the. I love. I love all these little nickety news you dig out from wherever you dig them up from. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but hypergam species are quite variable in habit, occurring as trees, shrubs, annuals, and perennials. The hypericum trees, in the sense of single-stemmed woody plants, are rare, as most woody species have multiple stems arising from a single base. In its shrub form, it has erect or spreading stems, but they do not root from any nodes that may touch the ground. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Nodes. There we are. Yeah. That's, the word. That's the word of the day. Most varieties of hypericum are deciduous or semi-evergreen and some are flowering with lovely bright yellow flowers followed in autumn by attractive berries. There are many varieties, but those commonly sold and grown in gardens are Hidcote and Brigadoon. I, I didn't know I want to say that in a Scottish accent, but I'm going to. Yeah. Yes, I don't blame you. And it's funny how we come back to Hidcote so many times as I'm seeing our floral journeys unfold. There are lots of references to Hidcote, aren't there, in the in terms yeah. of the flowers and, and the garden there? Oh, my goodness. And I have to say, having been there when I used to live in the Cotswolds, mm. I think we need to do a little fabulous flowers outing. Lou. Oh, good idea. Let's go there. <laughs> but Hypericum's easy to grow, being tolerant of most growing conditions, and it's vigorous with a tendency to self-seed, so it could be a, what you call a brute sometimes, I think. But it will put up with drought and shade, although it flowers best in the sun. But it dislikes waterlogged, damp and sort of, you know, sort of sodden soils. It has a long flowering season and carries a profusion of those lovely cherry yellow blooms. But there's no need to prune other than to remove any dead wood in the spring. Hmm, love all that. I know, who likes to have something easy in the garden that you don't have to really worry about. Mm-hmm. So I'm all, all for that. So St John's Wort owes its name to the fact that the flowers are around at the time of the summer solstice, which is usually around St John's Day, and that's named after St John the Baptist, by the way, and that is on the 24th of June. Mm-hmm. Having been administered as a remedy by the Roman military doctor, I'm going to see if I can pronounce this. I Go probably should have asked my Latin-speaking daughter. Procurides, Procurides, I think probably. That sounds good. Uh, so probably yes, exactly. As a remedy by the Roman military doctor Procurides, is the in the early first century AD, it was mainly used for magic potions during the Middle Ages. It was not only used to protect humans and animals against witches, demons, and evil diseases, but it was also added to the fire when moulding the fire axes used at the time. And I did have a little Google on this when I was looking into the fire axes. And they are the most extraordinary looking items, quite beautiful. They're like a a fan of Mm. fiery flames. And they made these axes um, and they're just they're just a thing of great beauty. And they obviously thought throwing the St. John's wort in there gave them some sort of special power, which is just great. Pocus, I love that. Yeah, love that. So Paracelsius was one of the first doctors to concern themselves with St. John's wort, suggesting that St. John's wort flowers should be picked at sunrise in order to capture the active constituents. The bright ray-like petals release their precious red liquid most efficiently when soaked in olive oil and left out in the sun for several days. This produces a thick red liquid and can be applied externally to wounds, sprains, bruises and varicose veins. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) the oil because of its red color i assume was commonly referred to as the blood of christ however where it had formerly been used for a plethora of reasons in more recent times st john's wort has found its place in the treatment of depression and anxiety disorders 
In numerous clinical double-blind trials against placebo and other antidepressants, the whole extract of St. John's wort has proved to be just as effective as other antidepressives, uh, sorry, other antidepressants for mild and moderate depression, but not for severe depression. So that's rather amazing that you can go down the kind of the natural route and certainly worth giving that a go, surely, before you have to embark upon more severe drugs. I would have thought, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. So, Paulie, let's move on to our fact-finding and sharing mission, our floriography fun facts. And this week, we have been digging around in the herb garden of facts, haven't we, Paulie? <laughs> we, I love that. We certainly have, Lucy. This time, we've researched and uncovered many facts about the wonder herb that I love to use so much, and that is bay, as in B-A-Y, bay. And I know I'm always banging on about my obsession with foliages, but for good reason. Because when you're decorating as a florist, uh, they instantly give your flowers that natural and slightly picked from the garden look, which is definitely my floral style, giving what I call herbaceous magic to ordinary flowers. So the different shades of green and the leaf textures are absolutely great to mix with seasonal flowers and all year round, no more so than bay. It's a noble and steadfast herb with huge integrity and grace. And um, do you have one in your garden, Lou? Do you? You know, I I actually used to have one. And mm-hmm. um, it was a really lovely large bay tree in a fabulously huge terracotta pot. And yeah. I went away for a summer holes to gorgeous Kerry. And mm. during my little summer break, one of my lovely neighbours, I'm going to mention his name because I don't think he's ever going to listen to the podcast. So I'm not going to offend him in any way. He's um, in his 80s and he lives a few doors down and his name is Teddy. And we love, love, love Teddy. And Teddy said, don't you worry, girl. I'll come around and water your plants. I'll look after your bay tree. And I thought, great. And it died. (laughs) And I think what happened, I know, I think what happened was he said, with the best will in the world, I'll come and water your plants, girl. Don't you worry. And I actually think he forgot. And it was one of those insanely hot summers and I got back to this sort of shriveled crispy I know but to be fair I just gathered all the leaves in popped them in a jar and I'm still using them so every cloud and all that oh yes and do you know what well they always say don't use fresh bay leaves they're better dried so well that's lucky then (laughs) (laughs) crisp Crisp. Oh, yes. but uh, we were lucky at our last house in Hampshire. We had two huge bay trees and they'd grown up into their sort of natural shape. There'd been mm. no kind of trimming or tapering of them. And uh, the last owner of the house had been the lovely um, celebrity Italian chef Antonio uh, Antonio Carluccio. And mm. uh, we bought the house from him and he'd lived there for 30 years. And, it had um, the most amazing garden, didn't it? The most amazing. I remember your, your her- vegetable herb garden was the size of most people's garden gardens. It was just insane. Yeah, and it was amazing. It had been planned by his lovely wife, um, Priscilla Conran, wife of the dear late Terence. And um, they'd had 30 years there of planning and making this garden. But he told me that um, the two bay trees, which had grown into these vast kind of enormous trees, um, had flanked the entrance to his first restaurant in Soho back in the 70s. Wow. And um, I know. So that was in Covent Garden, actually, wasn't it? His first restaurant was Neil Street, I think. Neil wasn't Street. It? That's Absolutely. Right. It was Neil yeah. Street. I was going to say Dean Street. It was definitely Neil no, Street. It was Neil Street, yeah. And um, then he planted them in the garden. And 
they were just so useful for me as a florist just to hack great big boughs off um and they were so huge you didn't notice that it had a good hacking and uh, <laughs> many a wedding and party that i did was sort of bedecked with bay from those two lovely trees and um but it was great great for picking and i you know yes, i love my foliage I also yeah. made two huge picking beds with masses of rosemary and eucalyptus. Um, and those mm, two other foliages I, I can't really work without. But um, but apart from their pleasing shaped and slightly matte leaves and gentle flowing habit, it's the scent of the bay which I find so tantalising and hypnotic. It, mm. it reminds me of being somewhere Mediterranean and you know the, the scent of bay when when um, the sun's on it and that sort of lovely scent is divine and therapeutic, mm. isn't it, Lou? absolutely lovely and also as you say you get that kind of that nod to the Mediterranean that makes you feel better anyway because you know it's healthy you know it's all the lovely smells and the scents and the and the foods that they eat in the Mediterranean and having a bay tree in your garden and using bay is just it's just a lovely thing a lovely lovely thing it's a definite favorite and it's as a florist it's perfect for garlanding a fireplace or staircase for Christmas and uh, talking of Christmas, Lou, we have some amazing festive loveliness in the pipeline, don't we, for lo- our lovely listeners and viewers. So um, don't forget to keep a little lookout at Fabulous TV on our YouTube channel, and you mm. must all subscribe. But anyway, mm. back to the bay. Back to the um, bay. <laughs> one of my favourite table decorations for a massive wedding I did in Tuscany involved a bay tree on each table in the middle of this round table. Um, and it was in a jaw-droppingly romantic castle, and we we covered the pots in moss, so you didn't actually see the horrible plastic pot they were in, and filled the trees with masses and masses of fresh white roses and lemons, oh. and around the base, I ne- oh god, it was magical. And, and presumably, with hmm. the um, the kind of trunk of the bay, it meant yeah. that all the guests could see round it, um, and not that's I love things like that. It's a bit of thought, Paulie. That's why you're so clever. So you can enjoy what you've created, but you can still chat across the table in a relaxed manner and not be having to dodge a bay tree. So important, Lou. Yes, they were indeed a lollipop shape. So all you had you between you and the guests opposite was just the trunk, as it were. One of those uh, yep. trunks, actually. And and then we, we wired in tons and tons of white roses and Beautiful. lemons. And around the base on the table, we had masses of candles and piles of lemons and more white roses and flowering artichokes and pomegranates it was i mean it was a fairy tale indeed but the smell of that bay in that hot castle Mm. just gorgeous and and we stayed nearby in siena and i know you're a tuscan girl um Mm. as it were you studied out there didn't you lou i did i was in florence for a couple of years lucky me god lucky you Mm. but we when we were doing that job out there we stayed in siena and what was so gorgeous to see all the chaps who were graduating from the school they all wore crowns of bay um obviously wow. some kind of accolade yes. um so to me it, it is a foliage of celebration and um of joy and we, we just love bay don't we Lou? Mm, we do love bay um so in the language of flowers otherwise known as floriography as all you lovely people out there i'm sure know by now <laughs> the bay tree carries a message and that message is i change but in death so I imagine that means you keep going, keep going. You're always the same, always there, and you only change when you die, which is quite nice. And mm. Mm, and the bay leaf carries a slightly different message, and that is one of glory. So that's where that comes from, Paulie, for your glorification there with the garlands. Lovely. The ancient Greeks used to use bay leaves to flavour their foods. So, gosh, they just started everything, didn't they? 
<laughs> and uh, and they've also been used in Mediterranean, American, and some Asian cuisines. The aroma of a bay leaf can ward off insects, especially pantry moths. I love the fact that people that have pantries might have moths in there called pantry moths. It's just too good. It's very Downton Abbey, darling. Isn't it, darling? And they can also inhabit it, sorry, inhibit mould. So a special oil can be derived from the leaves that can also be sold as an essential oil that can be used for all of those things and I'm sure many other things. Food can be flavoured with the bay leaves and that includes soup, meat dishes, stews, breads, cream, seafood, vegetables, rice and one of my favourite words, condiments. The bay leaves are one of the main ingredients in a bundle of herbs used widely in cooking and flavouring which is called a bouquet garni. Bay leaves are high in vitamin A, vitamin C, iron, vitamin B6 and manganese and the leaves can be used to make a tea drink. Who knew it was so fabulous? Ooh. Bay leaves come from plants of the family of the Laureaceae or the Myrtaceae and the family of true laurels and myrtles respectively, whilst the most commonly available leaves are from the bay laurel tree with the scientific name Laurus nobilis. Mm, I like that. Oh, it's very lovely. And all this with the manganese and the and the condiments I like. I've got all these. You've got them all in there, Lou. And um, and the bay tree is an evergreen tree. It symbolizes courage and strength. Love that. Mm. It was treasured by the Roman gods and they wore sprigs of bay as crowns to represent their high status and glory. Yes, yes. Ancient Greek myths associated with... Sorry, what, something's happened to me. Sorry. <laughs> just, just, I'm slightly overtaken, listeners, by the ancient Greekness of the loveliness. But anyway, the ancient Greek myths associated with Bay and their god Apollo are endless. And the tree is one of the most important symbols uh, because of this association. A wreath of Bay was given as the prize at the Pythian Games to honour Apollo. And... Oh my goodness, the beautiful bay tree has glossy evergreen leaves and pale yellow flowers, which blossom in spring and are wonderful for all kinds of wildlife and especially loved by bees and butterflies. The bay, I love it. I knew you always loved it, but I just found these facts so amazing and interesting. I knew that you'd love it even more and I would also love it. So that's all rather interesting. And I have to say, I, I just love finding all these things out i find it very relaxing and very informative all at the same time and it kind of inspires me actually so what i'm going to do this weekend is i'm going to make a, a fantastic autumnal stew i'm going to throw a few little chestnut mushrooms in there i'm going to mm. throw a few of teddy's bay leaves that i've got in my kiln the jar in my in my cupboard <laughs> thanks to his lack of watering um and i'm going to see how much of an awesome flavor i can actually create so that would be rather fabulous Oh, delicious. And would you put um, Guinness in it or red wine or what would you do? Red wine. I'd do a slug of red wine and mm. some, some lovely stewing steak and a few a few bits and bobs. Um, so, yeah, so I think I'm just going to go go with that and then just team that up with a nice big load of rustic mash. Yum. Oh, maybe a bouquet garni, obviously. Oh, yes, a bouquet <laughs> garni. I was now, listening. Pauline, you're going to move on to November now and tell us all about the flower, aren't you? I am, I am. So the flower of the month we're going to feature today, um, now when November is upon us, mm -hmm. is, um, well, it's a lovely one, lovely listeners. And the flower that is associated with November is the good old chrysanthemum. Yes. The, the meanings of this bloom are 
just so touching. They are loyalty and honesty. So if you fancy putting together a very on-trend for the month display in your home, then ask your florist to get you some gorgeous chrysanthemums. And you can tell everyone that you're using the November flower of the month for your inspiration, the good old chrysanthemum. I love that, Lou. Hmm. So on to our social media catch up and flowery films in the pipeline. We are very excited to report to everyone that we are about to start filming all the fabulous flower TV filmettes for the festive season, as I touched on earlier. And they are going to be simply fabulous, darlings. They really are. Sound a bit like yes. Craig Rebel Hallwood there, darling. God. Yes, nothing wrong with that. Yes, fab you love. love. Craig. <laughs> mm, me too. Didn't you go to a dinner party once and he was there? And didn't you have the same shoes? Lou, I don't know if I can tell the story, but okay, I will. I had these amazing kind of mm, boots. I remember them, yes. From Patrick Cox. And they had a little zip up the side. They were like a kind of a Chelsea boot. Mm. And they were smothered in silver sequins. And uh, I arrived at this party <laughs> and Craig, Craigie Babe was there and uh, we sort of you know, realised we were wearing the same shoes and both <laughs> oh, sort dear. of fell about laughing. Um, yeah, his, his boyfriend wasn't that keen on the whole thing. But anyway, no. we'll move on. Yeah. Yes, move Not on. But shoes. that's just so funny. I love the fact that you and Craig Wherever Hall would have the same taste in shoes. I think that's just <laughs> fabulous, darling. Anyway, so yes, moving on to our lovely special collection of, of podcasts and films coming out. We're putting together our very own Fabulous Flowers TV 12 Films for Christmas. Oh, yes, we are. And each one of those will be there to inspire you and for you to learn how to create some sparkly, festive, fabulous magic for all your friends, family and colleagues. Our aim is to bring as much flowery joy into your lives over the coming months as we can. And goodness knows, I think we could all do with a bit of that, don't you think, Paulie? Bit of flowery joy. Absolutely. I really, really do. And I can't wait to get started on those films. They are just going to be so much fun. Beautiful and artful. And I'm going to demonstrate so many simple and inventive ways to use flowers, foliages and assorted accessories to maximise maximize your festive fun yes um i'll be putting on all kinds of things together from funky to hedgerow and i'll tell you what i'm also excited about lucy and yes. that's the incredible guests that we have lined up to contribute to our christmas podcasts as well and i'm not going to spoil the surprise by naming them now but uh, suffice to say these are big old names in the world of flowers and uh, their, their contributions will definitely add an extra big scoop of festive sparkle to our podcasts and uh, so i can't wait for those and um, please everyone as i said earlier do subscribe to our fabulous flowers youtube channel um and make sure you hit the notification bell and then you'll get to know when our new films are released and please keep sending us all your wonderful photographs of your gorgeous flowery vases you throw together so that uh, we can see them and share them we love that don't we lucy we do love that, Paulie. We always love seeing everybody else's stuff because you are so creative, all of you out there, and all of you do send in the most brilliant things for us to look at, and we love seeing them, sharing them, and all of that. So, yes, it is all rather exciting. We have a lot to do in the next few weeks, Paulie. I'm thinking that a very fabulous and flowery meeting might be on the cards for next week. We could maybe record our next podcast together in my kitchen. And then perhaps, don't know what you think about this, maybe a little cheeky cocktail and a light bite thereafter. What do you think? That sounds really horrid. Don't want to do that at all. Oh. 
<laughs> Darling, it sounds heaven. I think it sounds amazing. And it'll obviously involve me bringing my pyjamas and hijacking your spare room. Um, because obviously, usually we get together with a few cocktails. Um, I don't think I'll be driving anywhere after that. So yes. um, you could maybe send me a breakfast menu in the morning and I'll select something uh, delicious, uh, maybe a bacon roll. But uh, on that note, before you cut me off, yes. I'd better say goodbye. So it's uh, a big goodbye from me, uh, viewers and listeners, and uh, catch up soon. Yes, I should be careful what you wish for there, Paulie. Breakfast menu will be coming your way very soon. And I am already looking forward to your visit next week. You can be the mixologist for our cocktails, so I better get straight on my Cardo order and just add a few things for the uh, for the Cosmopolitans, I think. So for me as well, until next time, thank you very much for listening, everybody. And it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. I think that was very lovely. thought it was very lovely too. Yes. Well done, darling. Well done, you. Well done with the shoes. Mm. Pulled that one out of the hat. Well done. Yes, well, I just remember that.